Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome everybody to episode 173 of the Habs 360 podcast for the Saturday, March 26, 2016. If you're celebrating Easter, happy Easter and enjoy the long weekend. The Canadians played four games since our last episode. Do the outcomes really matter? Not really, but I don't think they uh, they do. Joining us in about uh, 20 minutes' time will be former NHLer Bobby Dulles, and he's gonna join us to talk the latest on the Montreal Canadiens. And we know Bobby Dulles is very passionate, so definitely you should tune in and see what Bobby has to say. Joining me, my co-host and the owner of. Uh, the All Habs Network of Sites, Editor-in-Chief. His name is Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? Doing great, Chris. Happy Easter. Glad to be back. I was uh, away with the Ice Caps for three games last week, but uh, proud to be sitting in the chair here talking about the Habs today. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Habs 360. We're going to get this show started right away. Nice to have you back, Rick. And, well... Why don't we start off with with the runners-up for Losers of the Week? Losers of the Week. We'll get those out of the way. <laughs> uh, and there was uh, several to pick from again this week. Um, last Saturday night in Ottawa, uh, the Canadians have set many franchise records uh, this season, um, not in a good way, uh, but they set another one last Saturday night um, against the Ottawa Senators, and that was giving up three. The Canadians' power play gave up three short-handed goals for the first time ever in franchise history. Um, uh, you know, 
when when is the lowest moment going to happen this season? That that very well might have been it. Um, it was uh, it was a brutal five nothing loss, and um, embarrassing embarrassing to to give up three shorthanded goals in the same game. You get a quarter the first one that you got, and. Uh... And we're missing a lot of defensemen, as we all know. And uh, we tried with four forwards, one D, obviously. Uh, that was not the right thing to do. So we heard there Michel Therrien taking ownership of that decision that was taken. Four forwards uh, not working on the power play. And that was just disgusting to watch that game overall, not just the power play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and next uh, nominee that we have is... Um, and it's it's tough to put him in that category, but um, you know if the shoe fits, sort of thing, is Guy Lafleur. Um, Guy Lafleur, you know, adored in in Montreal as he should be for his career. Uh, but he came out this week and said that the Canadians are nothing but four lines of fourth line uh, four, fourth liners. Um, and um, to paraphrase, and for a um, yeah, I, I understand where he was going. Um, there's, um, you know, there's more than three fourth liners on this team. Um, but to throw everybody uh, under the bus, to 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 throw Pacioretty and Galchenyuk and and some obvious players with talent and skill uh, into that fourth line um, category. Um, you know, I know he was he was embellishing a bit, and I know he was trying to make a point, but. Um, he's an ambassador of the Montreal Canadiens, and um, you know he should choose his words more carefully and more wisely. It, you know, obviously afterwards uh, his statement blew up, and um, and and it was it, there was other ways to make his point, and um, um, it, it just it, it looked bad on on the former great of the of the Canadians. It's it's not the first time he said something uh, controversial. And it seems like the only player that he likes on the Canadians is Brendan Gallagher from um, last season before the season started. He vouched for uh, Brendan Gallagher uh, to be the captain. He's also said in the past that he thinks that um, players like Max Pacioretty and stuff like that, they're not made for uh, for the playoffs. And when it comes to the four fourth liners, uh, he's, like you said, he's exaggerating. Is he that way off? If you look at the Canadiens' current lineup with all the injuries, he's not uh, he's not that far. But Guy Lafleur, he likes attention and he likes being controversial, and he did that once again. And it, the story even made it all the way to uh, to NBC Sports. Next on our list, and and I know that uh, we've we've gone easy on him for the last um, several weeks, um, is um, our beloved coach Michelle Terrien. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what to say about him. Uh, he's gotten a free pass with the, the guarantee till the end of the season. And, uh, but my goodness, on Thursday night in Detroit, back to his old habits again. Um, it was, you saw uh, Tory Mitchell, um, who, who should be a fourth line player on this team. Speaking of, of what uh, Guy Lafleur said, um, getting more minutes than Alex Galchenyuk. Um, you saw um, the return of David Dearnay and um, 
there was David Darnay um, not having a very good game, um, uh, to say it mildly. And uh, there he was, um, four more minutes than than Mike McCarron. Um, I, I don't know what it is. It's it's is it an addiction? Uh, is it is it an obsession with David Darnay? Uh, it's it's whatever it is. It's an obvious enormous blind spot because the um, ice time he gets and the roles that he's placed in um, are not 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 earned uh, on merit based on his play on the ice. Um, and fans jumped all over Tarion and, uh, and, you know, when you ref, when you ask fans about, about um, wh- whether he should stay with the team or not, this is one thing they always come back to is the way he plays favorites and, and doesn't um, there, there is no accountability on a Tarion coach team. The, the, the Tori Mitchell getting more ice time than Alex Galchenyuk, it does stand out to me as well. But if you look at the at the breakdown, the extra time that Tori Mitchell plays is shorthanded. Uh, Tori Mitchell played a minute 44 in uh, in the penalty kill. Galchenyuk doesn't play that time. So the a minute, what is it? It's 70 seconds difference between Mitchell and Galchenyuk. You remove that penalty killing time and Galchenyuk has... Uh, has more ice time than Tori Mitchell. So I think it's uh, the reaction that was, that was on social media. I think it was a little bit uh, exaggerated when it comes to Tori, uh, to Tori Mitchell having more ice time than, uh, than Galchenyuk. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And I think, I think the, the, the question is, why is there even strength ice time remotely close? Why, why is why is it even close? Now I, I know uh, Tori Mitchell was playing up in the lineup, and and that partly explains it too. Yeah. Um, and and fair enough, but um, but that's you know that's why the reaction happened um, from from fans on social media. Um, our our loser of the week. Um, it's, it's one game, uh, but it was a dreadful game, and that goes to David Darnay. Um, his, he returned to the lineup um, after being out. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was 17 games um, from a, a foot injury. And, um, and he was awful. He was just awful. Um, he was on the ice for the, the, the first goal against. Um, there was was the team of uh, and and a lot of youngsters in the lineup, as we've said uh, over the past few weeks. They're digging, they're fighting, and there's Darnay cruising out at the blue line, just just cruising these big, slow, lazy turns. Um, and it was it was his man at the point that got the puck in, um, and then the, the, it ended up being a rebound goal. Uh, terrible, just terrible, lazy play. Uh, for his first game back. Um, and, you know, as the game went on, as, as we said, he, he got four more minutes than, um, than Mike McCarron. And Darnay was awful. His Corsi 4 percentage was, was 14.29. Abysmal. It's hard to get that, that low. And I know you're, you're not a big fan of Corsi, Chris. So let's, let's put it another way. Uh, when Darnay was on the ice, the Canadians had two, just two shot attempts the entire game. They had 12 against. 
it means they were getting dominated with, with Dayarnay on the ice. Um, and yet he kept going out shift after shift after shift. And he was on the, the ice for the last 16 seconds of the game. He had the puck between his skates and open side. He got easily knocked off the puck game over um, with Lars Eller on the bench who had uh, a decent game, who had five shots on goal, second uh, only to Pacioretty. Um, and again, the, the combination, the Terry and Dernay, it's, it's inexplicable. It's inexplicable. Uh, so, so just one thing when it comes to advanced stats, it's not that I'm not a fan. I don't understand. I don't understand them yet. So I'm still ignorant when it comes to that. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to, to Dernay and the, the stats that you provided, I have one question for you, Rick, who are his line mates on Thursday? He was Matteo and McCarron. No, no, no. But but yeah, that's exactly how it started. But he got bumped up, and he took uh, Eller's place um, on the second line. Um, I I don't remember when that exactly when that happened. I think it was the second period, but it happened quite early in the game. Yeah, it was in the second. So when you when you're playing with with Mato, even even Mitchell, like Mitchell is no offensive threat, right? Plekanec, uh he's been in the scoring drought for how long? Is it almost 20 games that he had that he hasn't scored? So look look at this roster. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. But so so then, uh, and I know you say you're not not a fan of Corsi, but um, it it just talks about shot attempts uh, or, or possession. So you want to be above 50 percent. You want to be be above 50%. Um, and you look at his line mates and it's, it's good to, to, to look at that. But if Darren is at 14%, you look at Placanitz, he was 46%. You look at Tory Mitchell, he was 42%. It means that Darren is the weak link on that line, that the, that um, they're the ones who are, are propping him up. Um, it means the, sh- the, the possession by Detroit um, was as a result of David Darnay's poor play. Um, that's and 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 yeah, we we can look at at those other numbers, um, but but Darnay isn't driving possession. He isn't he isn't contributing to that line. So why in the world he had no shots on goal? Uh, why in the world is he taking Eller's spot? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, I agree that Dernet did, did not have a good game. If we look at, I'm not sure if you have these handy, what are the, the numbers look for Matteo and McCarron for that game? Um, I th- let me see what I can find here. Matteo was awful. Matteo was, uh, Matteo, bad game. Uh, Deno, bad game. Let me see. McCarron was 35%. Um, so, 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 so it, it's not, it's not good, but it's a whole lot. It's a whole <laughs> lot better than 14%. <laughs> and, okay. and maybe, maybe his, maybe McCarron's numbers improved over the game when Darnay got taken off that line. I, I don't know. I don't have that breakdown. Um, We'd have to look at that, but um, 
but that that's you know he he did nothing i guess to to earn the 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 time he was given uh in minutes and certainly to be put in a, a key role at the end of the game when they're trying to tie it up so and also the, a big question on that Dernier is where will he play now going forward? Will he stay at center? Will Knit give a chance to uh, the rookies to play at center and then move Dernier on the side? So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And that starts as of tonight when the Canadians face the New York Rangers. So Rick, uh, let's move on and uh, start talking about the winners who are this week's nominees. Um, I'll, I'll just go quickly through some of these. Um, we have to we have to uh, tip our hat to um, Andre Markov and Alexei Emelin. Um I know they they've both been criticized throughout the year, um, but with the absence of PK Subban, they're on the first pairing. They're getting tons of minutes, over 25 minutes a game, um, and and they've played pretty well. Um, they've played pretty well together. Um, and, you know, the, the Canadians as a whole haven't been playing well. But, but those two as, you know, we don't want them as our top pairing going forward. But, but yet, let's give them some credit that they've looked decent out there. Yeah, I agree. Markov, I'm not surprised that he's looking good. Emelin, pleasantly surprised that he's looked relatively good replacing uh, P.K. Subban. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, another defenseman who's looked absolutely solid, and and it's as his his um, uh, responsibility has increased, is Greg Patteron. Um You know, you think back, and this is this is a guy who sat out the, the first third of the season, um, and and he came in at the bottom pairing. He's up uh, on the second pairing now. Um, he's looked great um, again. Uh, we I, I don't think anybody wants to see him stay where he is. Uh, he's probably more of a third-pairing defenseman, but he's looked absolutely solid. Yeah, I definitely ag- agree. And there was also even a stretch uh, towards the middle of the season that he didn't uh, play as well. So far this season, he's played uh, 30, 31 games, and he's looking good. Um, Alex Galchenyuk, um, you know, he's, he's, looked, uh, he's looked good at center. Yeah, the, that hot streak where he's he's cooled down a bit from that, but but that you know that's that's to be expected. And again, part of you know the Canadians and how they're playing. Um, but this week, uh, Michelle Terrien announced that for the the last nine games that uh, Alex Galchenyuk would play all of them at center, which um, comes a little late, in my opinion. Um, I thought it was was interesting that that Terrian announced that announced that he was um, would be putting uh, Galchenyuk at center, and about twelve hours later they asked Galchenyuk and he said, "Oh, really? Uh, first I've heard of it." Um, he wasn't aware at all, so I thought I thought that was a little interesting. But um, anyway, good for for Alex. He's um, uh, I think he has a firm grasp on that, that number one center role going forward, at least entering into next season. He's, he's a young player um, that uh, when you put in a position like that, uh, like we put him, uh, you play against top players. It, it's, it, it's not easy. And we know, we understand. But it, it, it's a good test for him. Um, we're going to let him finish the year there. 
and after that we we uh, uh, confidence that he's going to do well. And uh, that was Michel Terry making the announcement uh, earlier this week prior to the game against uh, the Ducks. And on Thursday night, Galchenyuk became the first, he got his first career 50-point season, and he's the first Montreal Canadian aged 22 or less to hit that mark. The last player to do that was Andre Kostetsin in the 2007 and, and the 2008. And Rick, uh, on the recent episode of 24CH, they featured Alex Galchenyuk's dad. They, they had a short interview with him. And during that discussion, he mentioned that about a week before trade deadline, his agent, Galchenyuk's agent, came in town and they spoke to, uh, to, the, to Bergevin and the coaching staff about going forward. And it's about that time that we saw Galchenyuk playing center. So do you think that discussion that he he brought up influenced this. Well, it it um, I I I don't know exactly how to read that, but I think that the 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 thing that I took out of that that whole situation was that um, it was also when Alex Galchenyuk started to pick up his game when he had the uh, number one um, Darren A wasn't in the lineup to be. Uh, taking those minutes from him. He knew, uh, Galchenik knew he was the guy. Uh, in addition, he knew that he wasn't um, going anywhere and that he had the confidence of the general manager and the coach um, and his, his game took off from there. So I think it's, um, you know, the, the organization having confidence in the player breeds uh, confidence. Okay. And once tell us Rick was this week's big winner. Winner of the week, um, in general, is is to uh, the Canadians youth. Um, uh, Joel Hanley and and Darren Dietz both got their first points uh, assists in the uh, in the NHL. Congratulations to them. And and in particular, we wanted to single out Mike McCarron, who got his first NHL goal against Calgary Flames, um, and then played um, his first game in. Um, Detroit, uh, with uh, a ton of family uh, and friends there to watch him, uh, and uh, put in a, a, a you know a, a, a role at the end of the game. Took the face off with 16 seconds left, um, and so the coach showing some confidence in him. So McCarron and the rest of the youth were tipping our hat as the winners of the week. And uh, Terry did announce that Michael McCarron will be playing center for the rest of the game. And even if we would have listened to um, the coach's comments after the game against Detroit, he wasn't really uh, impressed with McCarron on the wing. He, he thought that he wasn't comfortable. So going forward, McCarron will play center for uh, the rest of the season. And I think that's good because if the Canadians want him to play at center, and uh, now that this season is lost, now's the time to give him that exposure, to give him uh, that uh, that practice to help him in his uh, future. So congratulations to all the Montreal Canadiens youths, Hanley, um, Michael McCarron, and uh, Darren Dietz for your good weeks. We're going to take our first break. I want to tell you what our question of the day will be. Earlier this week, Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick came out, spoke to the fans, delivered a message. Not a great message, but he delivered one. So our question is, should the Canadian's owner 
Jeff Molson come out and speak to the fans. You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. And you can also go to the All Habs Facebook page and leave your comment uh, as well. You can also leave us your comments on uh, what Gila Fleur said earlier this week. Do you agree with the statement that the Canadians have for fourth liners? On the other side of the break, we'll be asking former NHLer Bobby Dulles, who will be joining us, our question of the day and a lot more on the Montreal Canadiens. Is he a fan of David Dernay? We'll find out after the break. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 173 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. So we're going to get in touch with uh, Bobby Dulles. It It should be a couple of minutes, so stay with us here on uh, Habs 360. So our question of the week that we've uh, that we've asked is it's earlier this week Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick he came out and he delivered a message not a positive one about his team he called out his coach even said that one of his decisions were um how could we say he called he called it a stupidity the fact that he that uh, the Senators played their backup goalie in their season, uh, in their home opener. 
So imagine this guy sure holds a grudge. He remembered through the entire season about it. And while there's been a lot of chatter whether or not Montreal Canadiens owner Jeff Molson should come out and speak to the Montreal Canadiens fans about this season, about what he sees going forward, etc. So that's what we asked in our uh, social media question. And while we got a couple of responses already, so I'll read through a couple of them. First one comes from uh, Scali in uh, in Montreal. He writes, Motion should fire both foxhole lovers and then apologize to fans for allowing the circus to run the team. So thank you for the tweet. Next one comes from uh, JB. He writes, he should buy every Habs fan a drink after this uh, train next. So, would that be Molson? Yeah, if that's a Molson, it's not going to cost him. Uh, it's not going to cost him much for it. But before we read on more of the comments, Rick, on uh, this whole Jeff Molson situation, uh, maybe we can share up our opinions first. Uh, should Jeff Molson speak to the fans? I say yes, and I'll tell you why in a couple of minutes, because joining nope. us now on the line is former NHLer. He's played in the NHL with several teams, Bobby Dallas. How are you doing, Bobby? How you doing, guys? How are you? We're good, thank you. So I'm Chris here. You're Rick Stevens from allhabs.net is with us as well. And good to have cool. you here, Bobby. Thank you. And, thank you. It's good to be here. Perfect. I want to ask you our, our question that we're asking our fans on the social media. Earlier this week, uh, Eugene Melnick of the Ottawa Senators came out, delivered a message to the fans that nobody's safe is pretty much what he said. And the, what we're asking our fans, and we want to get your opinion on it, do you think Montreal Canadiens owner Jeff Molson should come out at one point uh, from now to the end of the season or at the end of the season to deliver some kind of a message to the fans? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't know Eugene Melnick personally, but I know Jeff Molson personally. Uh, I, I know that Jeff is a, uh, a type of guy. He's a good guy, uh, conscious of, of of the Montreal, conscious of the area, and he's not a guy that's ever been controversial in his life. Uh, I, I really don't think that he is going to come out and say too much. I uh, why? Because I, I believe that Jeff is a, is a type of guy that he hires good people around him to run a business, you know, and uh, Jeff is, is the type of guy that he hired Mark Bergevin. Uh, he oversees hiring of Michel Therrien. And I, I really think that he's, he just turned over the reins in a lot of ways to those guys. Uh, and, and they're basically, they're going to run with it. Now, will he come out and say something, a statement of some sort that, you know what, we're going to improve our team for next year. I, I would imagine that something like that would come out. Will he will he do it in in the manner of of Eugene Melnick of of basically saying, don't worry, it's the end of the world and we're going to make some heavy changes. I don't think Jeff Molson will come out and say that kind of stuff. That's for sure. He's just too he's just too quiet of a guy and not a controversial guy. Bobby, it's Rick Stevens. Um, earlier this week, um, uh, we published at AllHabs.net an article by one of our writers, Chris Nardella, uh, and he had asked the question and tried to answer. Uh, does David Darnay have a future with the Montreal Canadiens? And when I promoted that article from um, my All Habs uh, account, you responded, um, 
if he's back, the team will never move forward. I wondered if you could uh, elaborate on that for us. Well, I, I really think that at the time when David DeHarnay came in to the Montreal Canadiens, there was there was a hole, there was a space that was made available uh, to him due to the lack, maybe a lack of talent, maybe lack of people in the minors, if you want to call it that. I think he jumped in there. I think he performed uh, to the best of his ability for a couple of years. But if you look at last year and you look at this year, the way it's progressing, and not just because of injuries, I think that his play has slowed down. His, his drive and his determination has slowed down. And, and, I, and I can't see him in, in, the top, in the top two top two position at center. Now, if, if you put him on the third line, the, the problem with putting him on the third line is, in my personal opinion, is I would much prefer having Lars Eller there as, as that type of player being there in that position, a big body that could play well defensively, can forecheck, can do, can do a lot more than a guy like David DeHarnay. And I just think that I think it's time to move forward in a different direction. If you really think about it, guys, if, if David DeHarnay was available to, to the majority of the teams in the National Hockey League to play on the top two lines in the National Hockey League, I'm, I'm, I'm saying every team, where could he play other than, Montreal, other than Montreal right now? I don't think there's room for him anywhere in the National Hockey League in the top two slots. So now if you put him down to the third slot, do you really want a guy that's five foot five on your third line centering? That's not a very aggressive, not not a guy that's a ground and pound type guy. So it, it basically answers it. The question answers itself. I can't see him going forward with Montreal Canes because if they do, I really think that they haven't improved their team at all. And that's not a knock to David DeHarnet. It's just a, just a knock towards a team basically saying we're okay with what we have. And I I personally don't think they have the team to do it with David Deherne on the team right now. Just to, just to follow up on that, uh, you mentioned uh, you would prefer Eller over DeHarnay in that third-line uh, center yes. slot. Uh, the game on Thursday night against Detroit, we saw um, Coach Terrian actually make a decision of putting DeHarnay over Eller uh, on the ice with 16 seconds to go. Uh, McCarron was taking the face off. Um, Eller had... Uh, Five shots on goal in that game. Darren ain't none. Um, and, and it came down to the puck found its way to, to Darnay between his, his skates. He had kind of an open side. He was uh, just kind of knocked off the puck and, and game over. Um, what about that decision? What is it about this um, you know, obsession that some are calling it um, to put Darnay over Eller in those kind of key situations? Well, I, I think you, you, you bring up a point that the majority of, 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 of media, hockey fans of the Montreal Canadiens, whatever you want to call it, are asking the same questions. Unfortunately, is we're asking it on, on, a, on a small radio uh, broadcast here compared to how come nobody asked it after the game, you know, whether, uh, whether it was on TV or whether it was on radio. Why didn't anybody ask that same question? Because I, I was watching a game with my father that night, and we were saying with he called timeout and says oh, and for a joke my father says oh watch he's going to put DeHarnay on and we're going to start laughing, and it's like all of a sudden and if you notice DeHarnay was not on the ice at the time and he didn't even get on the ice he was tapped on last second as a desperation, like he wasn't even advised he would be going on and it's like why is the automatic default button going to him? 
I don't understand it. Like you said, Lars Eller played a much better game. Uh, Byron played a much better game. There was a lot of game, guys that were playing much, much better than David DeHarnay that night. And a guy just coming off uh, uh, not playing for about a month, month and a half, and all of a sudden he's in, he's in the limelight. I just don't get it. And there's a good example of you have to get rid of this guy because if you don't get rid of this guy, Michel Therrien, I don't know what it is, he refuses to stop playing this guy. He wants to play this guy. He, he, he plays David Daherne ahead of McCarron, where I think McCarron could be the prototype third-line guy, uh, possibly second-line guy in the wing. He, he's, he's taking away from development and putting in guys that he's more comfy with. And I really think that's a really bad call. And it, and it showed in, in, in the game with making that call the last 16 seconds. It is, it's just mind-blowing. So you mentioned that the Canadians should get rid of David Dernay. Uh My question, should the Canadians get rid of Michel Therrien during the offseason? Well, you know what, guys? The problem is, is, is uh, you know, we're, we're all thinking that, uh, you know, this should happen this or that should happen. The problem is you re-sign the guy for another four years. You know, uh, you give him an extension, a good extension. Uh, and I'm not saying that he didn't merit an extension, okay? With, with the years that he's had, you know, bringing the team to the playoffs, getting to a certain area. But what, was, what was, I was disappointed is, why would you give a guy that, that doesn't have a long-term track record with any team in the National Hockey League or, or whatever it may be, you give him a four-year extension? Now, by giving him a four-year extension, you basically said, I'm committed to this guy. Mark Bergevin Mark had no choice but to back him because he just gave him a four-year extension. Now, going forward, if you, if you were to get rid of him after one year, you're still eating three years. And, and, you know, and they had all the excuses in the world with Price being hurt, this guy being hurt, that happened. You know, all the, all the stars aligned against the Montreal Kings this year. So they had every excuse in the book to do it. Now you're – so, you know what, Michel Therrien had the same excuse. He goes in the office and says, what do you want me to do? I have the American Hockey League team right here right now. But unfortunately, before all these big things happened, they were on a huge winning streak and the team just slipped away. So I think that he's going to be on a very, very short leash. And if it's not by Mark Bergman, it should be by Jeff Molson basically saying, look, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt with all we've had. But if you're not going to go out and improve your team, and what I mean about that is bring in players that are going to make a difference in your lineup, you know what? It's the same thing. It's going to be the Carey Price show, waiting for Carey to stop everything, maybe give up a goal or two, and try to win either 2-1 or 3-2. And that, that means your team hasn't grown and hasn't improved. So after a, a season that, that's featured the, the biggest collapse in franchise history, that there's got to be a big move. There's got to be either a scapegoat, and, and you know, Terrian's often mentioned, uh, maybe it's Sylvain Lefebvre in, in uh, St. John's. Uh, it's either that to, to quell the fans' anger, or it's, it's a big signing. It's uh, a Stamkos, which I don't think is going to happen, but something's got to happen. Um, where, what's most likely? What's, what's the most likely scenario in the offseason that you see? Well, I think that right now, I mean, you really think about it. If everybody comes back healthy next year, what, what have the fans, what have the media been clamoring for for the last couple of years? And that's a top six score. You know, bring in a bonafide guy. And, you know, my argument, what I've been saying is what they, all they've been doing is, is year after year after year is just bringing in Band-Aid guys. You know, bring in Pat Anto, bring in Briere 
bring in Gomez, uh, bring in Semen. Everything, every time they sign these guys, if you really, really think about it, they sign these guys to be a top six player. And every time when they signed it, right next to the name that was signed, it, it was written, we hope he can do the job. You know, we hope he can bring back that, that fire he had before. And, and for me, every time you put that word hope in front of a player's name, that means you didn't do your job. And I don't care about getting guys on the cheap. Well, they're only a million dollars, only a million dollars. Well, unfortunately, it's somebody's paying that a million dollars. And, and then what happens when the guy doesn't work, you get rid of them, and then you promote a guy who's making 650 to the million-dollar range. So it's just like they just put bandied over bandied. They, they need to bring in a top-six player because if they don't bring in a top-six player, and I'm talking about a guy that still has some, some gas left in the gas tank, and it doesn't have to be Stamkos. You know, there's a lot of guys in the league that are not happy with where they're at for whatever reason. You know, whether they don't like the area, they don't like the town, they don't like the coach, they don't like something. You can find those guys, but you have to go out and search for those guys. And, and for once, you know what, pay a guy that, that, that's held accordingly, you know, $5 million, $6 million, $7 million, whatever it is. I'm not saying go out and spend over the salary cap. But you've got to find a way to bring in this. Because if you're waiting for Max Pacioretty, uh, Galchenyuk, uh, all these other guys to be your number one guys, they're just not. It's not in their DNA to play hard every single night for the majority of these guys. So they're more like, I would say, like more like 1Bs. You know, like one that at times they're going to be the top line that night. But game in, game out, they need some help and support. Guys like Byron, guys like, you know, Weiss. At the beginning of the year, these guys aren't those guys that can step up and play in the first roles in the first two lines. So go out and do it. Because if you do it, I think you give your team instant credibility and you give yourself a chance to go further in the playoffs. And Bobby, you've played about 700 games in the NHL, including the, the playoffs. Uh, you've been on teams that uh, didn't make it to uh, the postseason. Yeah. If you look at games like last weekend when the Canadians played the Ottawa Senators and they played the Calgary Flames where it showed the Canadians weren't, were no-shows, and then on Thursday night against the Detroit Red Wings, there's that whole second period that was just a horrible period to, uh, to watch. From your experience, when a team knows that they're not going to make the playoffs, do players uh, stop playing or do they care less? Well, I, I think that's, that just goes to show you as 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 fans as as media people is who still has the fire in the tank you know i i look I, like like you said before i've played on some teams that haven't made the playoffs during my career but the ones that became known and and became common knowledge to everybody what's the first thing you have to do well i got to play for next year's contract i got to play for next year's job and I don't see that urgency from a lot of players. And, and the one that's, that's sort of disappointed me the most in that area, that I, that I found that he hasn't turned it up a notch to show for next year and, and show that he still cares, is a guy like Thomas Placanitz. I think he's been playing very nonchalant hockey. I don't want to get hurt for the summertime. I'm just going to take it. I'm just, you know why? Because I got a contract next year anyway. Now, that's a red flag in my book. When you see that, the guy's not playing for next year's job. That's called complacency. If you, don't, if you don't think about moving even a guy like that next year, you're going to get the same thing. If the team doesn't make the playoffs, or even if he does make the playoffs, will he turn it up a notch? I'm not sure if he has that anymore. So the team definitely needs a makeover. And one last question, Bobby, before we let you go. Sure. So you just spoke about uh, Thomas Plekanec. 
and how yes. you, you, do you feel that he doesn't seem the urgency? Whose uh, responsibility is that to try to get that uh, out of him? Is it the head coach or is it one of the players who wears a C or a knee on his jersey? Well, uh, would, would it be would it be a safe thing to say that you know when when you see a guy dogging it out there, don't you think that a guy like the, the head coach or a GM is bringing him in the office and say, you know what, uh, do you think you're playing well? Do you think you deserve to to get what you're getting and what we gave to you out of good faith of the player the player that we the player that we signed? You know, you got to be able to put you got to be able to look, get up in the in the morning. Uh, whether you win or lose, and, and and look, that's always been my DNA, is w- uh, whether it's 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 hockey, checkers, golf, arm wrestling, I always play to win. That's in, that's in my DNA, but I don't see that that urgency from some of the Canadians, and 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 more dominantly on Thomas Buchanan. It looks like he's just playing a regular shift, and tonight I feel like it, and tomorrow I might not, and for me. That's a red flag where a guy who's been on the same team for a long, long time, sometimes change is good, and that applies to everybody. All right, Twitter handle is BobbyDollis1. Bobby, thank you very much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Great job, My Bobby. pleasure. Anytime, guys. Anytime. All right, thank you. Take care. Take care. All right, so that was Bobby Dollis, former NHLer, who joined us on today's episode. We really do appreciate it. And we're going to take a, a break. On the other side, we'll be answering our question of the day. Should Jeff Molson speak to the fans? We heard what uh, Bobby Dallas had to say. And right after the break, we'll hear what you have to say via our Facebook page. Sorry, the Habs.net Facebook page or the Habs360 Twitter account. This is the Habs360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. Episode 173 of the Habs 360 podcast. Chris G at Chris G 1980, along with Rick Stevens at All Habs. And while the question of the day, we heard Eugene Melnick come out earlier this week and give um, a controversial message to the fans about how changes will happen during the offseason. And our question is, should Jeff Molson come out and speak to the fans? I was saying uh, before we start talking to Bobby Dallas, I think Jeff Molson should deliver a message. I don't think it should be something like in uh, close to what Eugene Melnick say. I think it should either be a statement, uh, a letter, a tweet, or doesn't necessarily have to be a press conference, just to say that, you know what, he expects uh, Bergevin, the entire organization, to reevaluate this horrible season that they had, what went well, what didn't go well, and just see how it goes. And obviously not confirm anything about uh, the coaching, whether or not the coach will be back next season or not. Because I think still down the line, it is still a decision of Mark Bergevin, and he will leave it to his hands to make that decision. Rick, uh, what are your thoughts on that question? Do you think he should deliver a message? Uh, it, it to, to be honest, it doesn't really matter. If if it would appease some fans, fine. I think more importantly is when is Jeff Molson going to act? Um, we remember when he he took over the team, he held a, a, a news conference, he t- he put ads in the paper, and he he very clearly said that it's not good enough anymore just to make the playoffs. Um, this team must be uh, built to compete for the cup, that there should be no other goal than competing for the cup. Um, and fans were thrilled. They, they, that's something they wanted to hear for a long time. And then Jeff Molson, you know, has, has his, his actions haven't really followed that up. You know, he insisted that Louis LeBlanc um, was going to be his, his first uh, draft choice um, when there was no evidence to, to support that. He's the one that insisted on, um, you know, the, 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 all the, the entire coaching staff um, um, being homegrown and in, in, uh, in um, St. John's as well. I, I, it's clear that he is putting other priorities ahead of, of um, winning the cup. And I, th- I think he's got to answer for that just as Tarion has to answer for what the decisions he's made Bergevin for his Jeff Molson has to answer for the culture of the organization. This, this organization is not based on merit. It's not. Um, and he has to answer for that in my opinion. Uh, and I'm sure the empty seats that we've seen at the bell center recently definitely do uh, affect Jeff Molson. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will say that, you know, the tickets were already pre-bought, so it doesn't have an impact. But, of course, that has an impact because during the offseason, when his marketing guy says, you know what, this year, I don't think we can raise ticket prices, I don't think we could do this, et cetera. So definitely it will have um, the team's performance has an impact to the bottom line as well for the Montreal Canadiens. One eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five is the way you can reach us via telephone. 
to go to Twitter now. First comment comes from Ryan in Calgary. He writes, yes, he should. Be nice to know some direction. It's a joke. Just like to know why they don't get a goal scored. So thank you for the tweet, Ryan. Not sure if uh, Jeff Molson will be able to answer that kind of question. Uh, Rictorious, he writes, Molson should say, shut the hell up and drink more beer. The guys running the team know what they are doing. So there you go, a supporter of uh, Bergevin Terry. <laughs> Our buddy Tony from Toronto, he writes, Molson and Bergevin should quit soon. Melnick has uh, more balls than Molson. <laughs> so thanks, Tony. Uh, next one comes from Beat Stimulator from uh, Ontario. He writes, he should let fans know there will be changes and that this year was unacceptable. So that's pretty much similar to uh, what uh, Melnick delivered in Ottawa. Gordon, he writes, have fans deserve to know why he did not speak up two months ago before all the injuries when Habs floundering. Michel Terrier under fire. GM Mark Bergevin did nothing. Next week comes from Neck in uh, Toronto. He writes, it would speak volumes if he just fired these guys. MT, MB, RD, and uh, everybody else. So RD, I'm assuming, is Rick Dudley. So thank you for the tweet. Fabio, he writes, absolutely he should. He spoke when media was all over. Kanye was saga, and this is worse. Monumental collapse for the age. And the next tweet comes from... uh, Josie, he writes, Mosin doesn't have to speak to fans, but if he does, he should say that this was an odd year and staying the course with Bergy. So thank you very much for the tweet. Is uh, Wayne from Vancouver? He writes, no, Jeff Mosin should fire Bergevin and Terry. So like they say, uh, actions speak louder than words, I guess, in his mind. And the last tweet comes from Tim. He writes, he should have a calling show, and the fans can ask him questions. We, the fans, pay for this crappy product. And Rick, I'm liking this idea that Tim says, and maybe Jeff Molson could be our guest on Habs 360 and we can invite him to take some calls from our listeners. Absolutely. So those were the tweets on this subject. Rick, on what's going on on the allhabs.net Facebook page? Well, the, the allhabs... Um... Uh, Facebook page is uh, on fire. Um, Fans are upset. And if Jeff Molson wants um, a snapshot into how fans are, are feeling, they should, he should look at our tweets. Um, Sure. He can come on the show, but he should also head over to uh, facebook.com forward slash all dot Habs dot hockey dot magazine. And there are hundreds of comments there um, spread over a couple of posts um, just a, a couple as an example. Um, Victor Gash says that uh, Molson should uh, speak to the fans, if only to say these words. Thank you for your work, Michelle Terrian. Your services are no longer required. And those are words that he never has to say ever again. Um, from Todd McElway, uh, Molson is coming off as a joke owner. If he lets us continue any longer, time to get pissed like Melnick is, show that he, oh, that he cares more than just selling beer. Um, Thierry de Meester, 
what's he going to say? I, <laughs> okay, I have to censor this. I screwed up when I <laughs> shelled out long-term contracts to those two ass clowns, Bergevin and Terrian, but I pleased a certain group of people and the Francophone media. And basically that's all I'm concerned about in the fans while they can go screw themselves. Frickin jellyfish owner. Boy, Thierry uh, <laughs> is not happy. Um, Brian Dubois says, I think we should be all focusing on the fact that Jeff Molson is a medical marvel. He has no spine to do anything uh, to shake things up, but he can still walk around. And um, maybe I'll just read this, la- this last one. Bruce Stevens, he will say and do nothing. Wake up. It's all about the money. These people no longer care about the fans or even crazier still tradition or winning. Bottom line, and the bottom line says I'm making a fortune off this team, win or lose. Why spend a penny of my precious fortune on bringing back the Lions of winter to their former glory? I weep. There's a passionate on Bruce Stevens. No relation, by the way. <laughs> and so thank you very much, everybody, for your comments on the Facebook page as well. And Rick, I understand fans being upset at the coach being upset at the GM, but do you think it's, I don't know, I'm trying to think it's a little bit um, too much when after one season, it goes up all the way to this, um, I don't know if hatred or this name calling or putting the pressure on the owner. Well, you know, it's, it's funny that, that um, the, the Canadians collapse was in December. I, I mean, we, we've been, we've been, marinated in this this these feelings fans have for months now since december december was the worst collapse in franchise history there is no franchise in the nhl maybe even in sports that would allow um such a collapse and their 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 coach um their coach is 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 safe um that just doesn't happen so in December, fans were just beside themselves about Tarion, but they were confident that he was going to be gone. Then in January, Bergevin came out and gave him a guarantee till the end of the year. So all that anger, all that focus, everything um, that they were experiencing in December, then for a while gets gets focused on Bergevin. Um, you know, we 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 saw the the mess created with the the John Scott. Jared Tenorti trade, uh, all that that anger starts to to mushroom. Bergevin's got a a contract um, for a very long time, and it looks like he's going nowhere. And as these feelings of anger, okay, Terrian's safe, we can't be mad at him. Bergevin's um, safe, we can't be mad at him. Fans normally, I, I mean, I see it as normal. They're directing their anger at the one person who can make changes, and that's the owner, Jeff Molson. So to me, it's a natural progression because this has, has carried on without any kind of resolution for all these months. It's just, I, I think the, the, uh, the important time period will be during this offseason, and let's see what happens during the offseason. And if something definitely doesn't happen during the offseason, then I think it will be more deserved. So... It's a great conversation, great topic that we that we had. We also got 
some feedback on the Guy Lafleur comments. First one comes from uh, Bill Jacques from uh, Georgian Bay, Ontario. He writes, my thoughts, there's a reason Lafleur runs a restaurant and not an NHL team. Lady in League from Alberta, Canada, she writes, Lafleur is always spouting off. They need more top players, yes, but Patches, Chucky, these aren't fourth liners. Guy needs to shut up. So thank you for the tweet. Rick, he writes, Guy Lafleur, a Habs ambassador, has no business making public comments like that. You'd never hear that from the late Jean Beliveau. Good point. Tim, Tim Michael Butler, he writes, he may have exaggerated, but the spirit of his comment was probably that the Habs are severely lacking talent, and he's right. And I definitely agree with that as well. Mike Crossman, he writes, he's telling the truth. Like I say, get healthy for next season and give Stamkos part ownership of the team. Okay, I probably should have read that before. <laughs> if that's what it takes to sign him for next season, they need a coach for next season. They'll never win a cup with the one they have now. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Mike. And great topics, great conversations as well from our uh, from our social media, from our followers, from our listeners as well. And we also got some great reaction from uh, Bobby Dallas. If you're just tuning in and you missed our interview with the former NHLer Bobby Dallas, you can visit the allhabs.net website on the podcast section. You'll find it there. And you can search Habs360 on iTunes and you'll be able to uh, to find it. Rick, it was quite the episode today. A tremendous episode. Great episode. Thanks for inviting me. I uh, was glad to be here. No problem. So everybody enjoy your long weekend. We'll be back next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern for another edition of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980 on Twitter. Thank you very much. And while well, us keep watching the Habs anyways. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.